Hello and welcome back, you gorgeous lot. How are you? I know I can't hear your answer to that question, but I really hope you're having a lovely day. This week, I am joined by Enrica Ross Campbell, giving her full title in all its glory. Enrica is a good friend of mine and she is one of the owners of Performers UK in Inverness, who I also teach for. Normally on a Saturday, it's my escape from real life. Well, pre-lockdown, it was my escape from real life on a Saturday. We have a chat about her career, where dance and the entertainment industry has took her. So sit back, relax and enjoy. So today I am joined by Enrica Ross Campbell, who is one of the owners of Performers UK in Inverness, who I also teach for. And she is here to tell us a little bit about her dance journey and what she's been doing and how she got to where she was. So hello, Enrica. Hello, what is that shit? I know, there'll be more of an introduction. You just wouldn't have heard it yet. How are you? I'm good. I'm really good. Right, let's get to it. So, first things first, how did your dance journey start? Where did it start for you? And how did you kind of stumble along this little old thing we call dancing? (laughs) Um, Well, okay, so, I I mean, everyone says, oh, I've been dancing since I was three. I think everybody, I think that's the same line for everybody. For sure. That's been doing things, you know, that kind of falls into this career. It's always, yeah, I've been dancing since I was three. Um, and yeah, I'm the typical, I am typically that. I've been dancing since I was three. Um, but it was, you know, classes that were, you know, everybody packed into a class as many as you can. Um, and it was great. It was so good. And back then was not what you have now. No. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but... I did that for maybe, well, so until I was like, I think I started taking it very seriously, quite late actually, when I was about 12. So did you do like all styles? Did you do all styles when you were younger? Like what was? No, I literally, I literally just did ballet and tap because that's pretty much all that was available back in my day. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from there was Highland, Highland dancing, but I never really took an interest in no. that. No, yeah. Um, what I did take an interest in do was actually was synchronised swimming. No way, you didn't. I actually think I've heard a story about you doing your synchronised swimming. Yeah, like, so I started, I basically, the whole journey with that was that um, I actually tried out for a gymnastics team when I was like eight or nine, but because I am not blessed with a flexible back, I try, I'm not blessed with it. So yeah, gymnastics basically turned me down, which was just, I was devastated. My mum, I don't really remember, but my mum was like, you were just devastated. So she saw a poster for synchronised swimming and she thought, right, hang on a minute. Swimming, you, you love swimming. You're dancing in the water. It's musical. It's everything. It's gymnastics in the water. So I did that and yeah, it turned out I was pretty good. I love that. Did you have like the nose clip and like everything? No, I absolutely love that. Full costume, literally gelatin in your hair, nose peg. I love that. That's such. Uh, that's so fun. It's so random. It's so random. It's just not. A, it's not a sport that's like a popular sport, if that makes sense. But yeah, so I did that from when I was like nine till well sixteen before when I left 
dance school, but um, I did that alongside all my dancing, and I did singing lessons as well, but I mean, it was, you know, bless her, it was just with a lady who just sat at her wee piano, played the piano, and I sang a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I did that, and actually, I was meant to do the Commonwealth Games when I was 16, um, with synchronised swimming. No way. I, um, well, start training for it, so I should say, um, but... Well, I'd got into um, Knightswood then when I was 16, so I, I chose that path. Okay. I've left my swimming behind me. That's so funny. And so you're in Knightswood, and is that like, yeah. that's at 16, so are you still having to do schoolwork? Yeah, so it's basically, it's almost like what everybody says, it's like a fame academy. You know, okay. like you, know you go you go to maths, you do your double maths, and then you come out and do double jazz. And then you have a singing lesson, and then you go back into art, and then you know you wait. So that that's how your day day kind of goes. But your your school day finishes obviously at three o'clock. But then you'd have late nights. That's what they called them, where you would have extra curriculum of your singing, dancing, and acting, and all all your different styles. So um, yeah, I mean that was that was the big turning point for me when I got into night school. I was like, right, that's it. This is my career. And how was you like being away from like mum and dad and everything at such a young age? Because I know some people really struggle with it. Um, was you totally fine? Was it something that put you, you know? I think I was probably nervous, but it's funny because I always, it sounds ridiculous, but I always knew I was going to, I was going to do it. Mm-hmm. So I'd already kind of prepped myself. And I remember saying to my friends, um, like when I was back in kind of first, second year, the question used to always be, are you going to stay on to sixth year or are you going to like leave before sixth year? And I used to say to my friends, oh, I'm going to Knightswood after fourth year. Yeah. And people used to say, well, do you not have to audition to get into there? And I would be like, yeah, yeah, but I'm going. Yeah. Like, I don't, yeah. like just being totally There's confident. no other option. Yeah, there was no other option. That's what I was doing. And, you know, luckily, I, you know, I'm thankful that it did happen and I did get to go. So, it was, yeah. Yeah, it was, I was nervous, but at the same time, um, Again, my mum, she remembers everything because that's what mums do. Um, but she says that when I came back, my first weekend back, I stayed in like digs because obviously uh-huh. I lived in Inverness, which is far away from Glasgow. So I was put up in like a residence. And my mum said when I got home that she was like, oh, so how was your first week? And I said, mum, it's just so amazing to be around people that think like me. <laughs> that's so true, though. It's but so it's true. It is so true because I think you like when you're nobody really understands. You don't, you don't because obviously when you're in school, like secondary school is great because you've got such a mix of people that want to be doctors and vets and scientists and everything else, you know, or mechanics, whatever you want to be. But you know, when you're in a situation with a group of people that all want to do what you want to do, yeah, it's a yeah. Game, it's a game changer. Oh, for sure. So then after Knightswood, what happened from there? Where did you go? So from um, from Knightswood, you are kind of told you you still have to fill out all the like your UCAS stuff and send away to normal universities as your plan B because obviously there's no guarantee that you are going to get into a school in London or you are going to be able to further your career because nobody might want you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, kind of Knightswood is the best training that you can possibly get. Like I cannot speak more highly of of the dance school of Scotland. Um, and they do obviously they prep you as as best they can and um, the majority of people do get into a place in London yeah. which is amazing. Um, so I auditioned for five schools, um, 
because they tell you to take to obviously take a big pit because you it's just whether you get in or not, you know. Yeah. So I ended up going to Arts Ed um, in London, which is just in Chiswick, and so I went there with a full scholarship, um, and I did. That's amazing, a full scholarship. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Because I think even nowadays, I don't think nowadays you get scholarships because obviously the funding for the arts has just been like yep. demolished. Um, but back then there was obviously there was I can't even remember what the percentage was. Cause I think they took about they took forty per year in arts ed, and I think there was like maybe fifteen scholarships out of the forty. Wow. But there wasn't many, um, and because that school is. Um, Andrew Lloyd Webber's school like he is kind of like the patron of the school okay. so he also above and beyond the scholarships you got from the government he did his Andrew Lloyd Webber scholarship but that was the extra scholarship which was amazing I didn't actually expect to get in there because it's an incredible school yeah. and again I was very lucky I think I just fell into these things <laughs> and what is your like what's your memories of college like how is that for you because my memories of college like, I think I've blocked out because it was not the college experience that I had built myself up for. Like, growing up as a young girl, like, I'd built myself up for this, like, amazing college experience. And I never got that. And I never got the training that I maybe deserved. But everything happens for a reason. And you end up on these paths because that's what's meant to happen. But what was your college experience like? And how was it for you? You know, it's funny. I... I, re I remember having a moment in my first year and I was in this dance studio and we were, um, we'd done our warm up, we'd done everything and we were about to do corner work. And I remember like waiting in line to do, you know, for it to be my turn. And the way that our, one of our studios was, when you looked out the window, you could see the tube, like okay. the, one of the London tubes just going past. And I remember looking out the window and thinking, oh my God, I've done it. I'm uh -huh. here. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. I'm here. I am, I am living the dream that I've always wanted. I'm here. Yeah, and yeah. So I remember having that moment, but I also remember, you know, my first year in arts, because I'd been so well trained in Knightswood with the level of training you get there, mm -hmm. I felt like my first year was almost a waste because I felt like I was like, I've done this. You've done this already, yeah. And I know all this. I've been prepped with this. This is... So I almost, it's not that I blame it, but I, I think I kind of lost interest in it. Yeah, yeah. Because I was pushed back, if that makes sense. Yeah. I never excelled forward, um, whereas I thought I would because I was going to London. Yeah. But, you know, but actually the training that I got in Knightswood was, was fantastic. Yeah. And I think that's that, like, that's such a performer's, dancer like mentality like if you're not being challenged and you're not being pushed as much as we sit and cry about it like I can't do it I can't do it it's it's you live for that you thrive for being pushed to your limits and I think if you're not getting that you can totally feel like bored and fed up and you're like I know this already and then you kind of think well what's the point definitely absolutely that's exactly what it was like um you know obviously when we got to our second year it was a bit different she started learning different styles and and it was harder and I was like yeah. oh my goodness like there's some things I just genuinely can't do yeah I'm trying but <laughs> it's not me it's not me and I do my best but and you know you do I mean everybody has up days and down days that's just what the industry's like you it's a constant roller coaster yeah um, but yeah I think 
that that did the first year I was a bit like oh I was expecting wonderful fireworks and amazing things and it and it didn't happen and in art said um what is it like did you audition as a dancer or did you audition musical theater and then how much was your like the ratio of like singing and acting and dancing and how how did that look so um when I auditioned for Knightswood I was definitely a dancer if that makes sense yeah because that's all I did like yeah. I didn't I never did any, any acting lessons <clears throat> I was just obviously naturally a drama queen <laughs> but I didn't do any, any acting and then singing as I said I just used to sing with this lady um with her piano uh-huh. so but because my dad was a singer I've got my dad's talent in that that I can sing uh-huh. Um, but I'd never been trained properly. But obviously, when I went to um, Knightswood, that changed because obviously I knew my voice started training. Um, but I went through a lot of problems with my throat, my tonsil. I had horrendous um, tonsillitis all the time. So I got fast tracked to get my tonsils out. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get them out until like just coming into the end of my first year at Knightswood for okay. two years. So I kind of almost lost the year of my singing there. But I started, started building and it was good. But I, I went to Artset. I was definitely a dancer. I was, I was a dancer when I auditioned for Artset. Um, but, but then obviously I could sing and I, and I could... And were I, you expected to yeah. sing in your audition? Oh my, yeah. Like Artset, Artset's, not that it's changed, but it, it's definitely changed in the fact that I think all musical theatre schools are like this now. You have to be a singer. That's mm-hmm. the main thing. You have to be able to sing. And then, you know, your dancing and acting comes after that. But your main thing is singing. So said is a school that's kind of known for churning people out to the West End and to people that are leads in the West End. So, yeah, singing is a major thing. Um, however, your first edition, when I did my edition for said was a dance edition. Okay. And then if you were recalled from that in the next part of your edition in the afternoon, you sang, you sang. your monologue. Yeah. Amazing. So yeah. what is, um, if you could pick any memory from your college days, what is your favourite, your favourite memory from college? Like I hear of so many of your stories and they're just, they're too much. And I don't, like, I don't, I don't even know how you got away with half the stuff you got away with. Honestly. Because it's just hilarious. So, oh my goodness, I can't, like, oh, the stories, I think I was blessed the best year of people uh-huh like they're you know when you just have a group of people that you're like they are so me uh-huh. uh-huh and you just adore them all they're just the best and obviously even now we still keep in contact with them but we all just were on the same level of naughtiness yeah does that make sense yeah <laughs> we weren't like nobody took themselves seriously like you know, we were probably a bit of a nightmare year, to be honest, because we didn't, we all worked hard and we were, you know, when you had to, but you have to have fun. You, oh, you've got to. And that's amazing. Like, that's, that's so refreshing to hear that you were like, with a group that was like, that, that could be stupid and could be funny. And you could, you didn't have to take things seriously all the time, because you hear so much about the industry being so bitchy. And, you know, people not being nice to each other and not being supportive of each other. That's, that, I think that makes for such a nice environment for you to be able to like get better and thrive and, you know, really work out where you stand within this industry. 
Absolutely. I have so many stories that are, <laughs> the stories that you're like, me as a teacher and, a, and as an owner of a school, I would absolutely not be telling my students to be doing these things. <laughs> <laughs> so do you know what I mean? So I'm always like, should I be saying these because they're going to throw it back in my face? That's so funny. You'd be like, you did it. So why, you know, silly things like, for, right, for one, for one story, here we go. Um, we did, used to do something which was called Alexander Technique. I don't know if you've heard of that. Uh-huh, yes. Yes, so it's all like breathing out, you yep. feel the energy and everything. So obviously the teacher that took it was just like exactly how you would imagine an Alexander Technique teacher to look. So she yep. would just be in a floaty gear, like just free and just wonderful. And, you know, so she would, but she would come into the room with this, you know, aura of, everybody has to be free and you know nothing is wrong everything you know nothing it was just everything was that was a calming atmosphere um but we would you know sometimes she would be late and yeah we knew that she would be late so we would always be in class obviously and you know this one time my friend who i ended up being a, a girl band later um she's welsh so she was just so funny and she was like what she's like four foot nine or she's four foot ten i think she's four foot nine she's tiny mm-hmm. but she's just a little firecracker uh-huh. and we all just i don't know nobody planned it we didn't we just literally all kind of looked at each other we pinned her down and we took all of her clothes off so she was like lying in the middle of the studio completely naked stop so somebody runs to the toilet gets some toilet roll and we wrapped her up like a mummy like from head to toe, so she literally could not move, and she was lying and So obviously, the, our teacher then enters the room. So she comes in, and we're all like, like giggling our heads uh-huh. off, like holding our noses and everything. And she just went, "Oh, okay. Lindsay has chosen to be naked today. That's absolutely fine." <laughs> and that was it. With the class, just carried on with the class. So do you know, like now, you think as a teacher, what, like... Could you imagine? How how amazing was her just to go, that's what you're doing, we'll carry on. And just ignoring it. It was brilliant. So, I mean, yeah, there was loads and loads of different stories like that. But, you know, that was the fun part of being in a theatre school with people that you can have fun with and enjoy fun and, you know, enjoy the classes. I love that. So... After Arts Ed, what happened for you? So did you kind of like, because I know a lot of people when they leave college, they're like, you you kind of get a bit delusional where you're like, right, that's it. I'm finished college and I am definitely going to get a job. And then it doesn't really happen that way. And people don't realise that it could be, I mean, it could be a year before you get a job when you graduate or it could be two years. It could be a month. You just don't know. So how did, how did, it happened for you after you graduated college? Before you graduated, we had like agents that would come in to give us chats about the industry, talk to us about things. Um, and I remember this one agent coming in and saying um, to our year group, in five years, only 10% of this group will still be working. Wow, okay. And I remember thinking, what? Well, I'll definitely be in that because this is what we're all training to do. So yeah. what, what do you mean? Why wouldn't I be doing it? What are the rest of us going to do? Like, uh-huh. No, but it's 
so true. It's so like that, and that stuck with me. What he said, well, you know, what he said. But um, yeah, so we do a sh- we did a showcase um, in London, one of the London theatres, and all the agents come to that, um, okay. and then they basically pick you and decide who they we want they want to take on their books. But as we were doing, we did that showcase, and um, I was kind of I think maybe because. I had been studying musical theatre for five years by this point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'd done two years at Knightswood and I'd done three years at Arts, and I was like, I am done. Yeah. I I need a like, you know, not. I love musical theatre. I still adore it, and I think I almost fell back in love with it in the last kind of five years because I did fall out of love with it a hundred percent. But I, you know, loved the whole idea of being a pop star I just that's what I wanted to do I wanted I wanted to do that since the Spice Girls I think though like going back like our generation was so heavily like pop star like that was the thing I'm pretty sure sugar babes held auditions for new like new like members every like few months but yeah I think like you're totally right in our generation but yeah there was so many amazing bands and pop like you know obviously your love Beyonce my love Britney Spears there was like like definite people out there that yeah. are still to this day yeah big icons and like you know that's what we grew up with and I grew up with posters on my wall yeah of these people mm-hmm. you know of the Spice Girls of Britney Spears of you know NSYNC all that lot I just adored them all so that's what I grew up with so I think that's what I wanted to be. And I still, when I was 21, still wanted, that's what I wanted to be. Yeah. So anyway, as I said, my little friend, Lindsay, I call her my little friend, that should be bad, but she is really small and she would call herself that. <laughs> um, so she, again, was exactly the same. And we kind of spoke to another few girls within our year um, and said, look, there's X Factor editions coming up. Like, do you want to just do it? Like, because obviously, again, because we were in the industry, and although we weren't professionally in the industry yet, we yeah. were still training, you know, you hear all the things and you know what's happening around and around. So we knew it, you know, it was a fix. The whole thing is a fix. And what year What year was this? So how long so had X Factor been running? So uh, I, I don't even know when the X Factor started. I, I mean, it, been, it was definitely like way before, I, you know, I did it. But um because I used to watch it on the telly and be like, oh, I want to be, like, I want to do that. Yeah. Um, but I did it in 2007. Five of us, we put ourselves together. We called ourselves W4, which everybody is like, why was there five of you and you called yourself W4? But that's because that was the postcode of Chiswick in London where we all met. Right, okay, okay. So, yeah, so that was the, that's why we went with that. Um, so we, the five of us, you know, it did start out as a joke, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. It was like, Oh, let's do it and have a laugh. So we were in our last show um, of our last year. Um, so we were doing, we d- you did two shows with the with the group, like with your year group. So 20 of you was in one show and 20 was in another show. Okay. So I was in Carousel at the time. Um, and I was actually playing one of the leads. I was playing um, Nettie. So, you know, I had to start, go away for like, like additions for, you know, because obviously with the TV, it just shows you then you going to the judges. Yeah. But they don't show you the three editions before that you even get to the judges. Yeah, okay. 
you know? Mm-hmm. So I had to like leave rehearsals and, and I was like, oh my goodness, my understudy is going to get my part. But at that point, I didn't really care because I was just having the best time with these girls. Like we laughed and laughed and laughed our whole way through it. And I think that's why we caught the producer's eyes. Eyes, yeah, yeah. Because we were just having a whale of a time. Yeah, and bouncing off each other and banter and totally. yeah. And because it was five of us, we all like I was. Just, I just obviously had a Scottish accent. So and then there was Lindsay who was Welsh, and then the other two girls had English accents, and then one of the other girls was Welsh as well. So we all had such different uh-huh. accents. It was like everything was just people were like. How do you know each other? And who are you? Yeah. You know, best, best and worst experience, I think, of my life. You got all the way to um, Simon's house in Marbella, didn't you? Yeah, I did. So X Factor's finished. We come back from Marbella. And then do we? what happens from there? What did you decide to do? So after the X Factor, we were just devastated. Like, I needed time to re-get my head together. And I think... As I said to you, when we first started the X Factor, we thought it was fun. And then when we got so far and we realised actually, God, we're quite good. Um, we, none of us wanted to give it up. We were like, yeah. we don't want to stop this. Yeah. So we had a big chat and then, you know, we all went home for a little while. I think maybe just a couple of weeks just to get our heads together. And then we all came back to London and we got a flat together. And we went on for like a year. Um, wow with the band and carried on did, we did loads of gigs and we because obviously at that point we kind of jumped in the wagon because we were boot camp and you know we just done a boot camp so loads of people wanted us yes yeah to do things and to do appearances and you know we were flown out to switzerland to do uh, like an ad campaign wow for, like teens and things and then we were invited to like OK magazine parties in London and years of things and you know it was amazing so it was like a big a massive you know emotional roller coaster. it was just the best um nearly going to sign we were at the stage so I don't know if you know the band the Saturdays yes so they were around the same time um but they obviously they were you know we were battling to try and get signed and try and get someone to notice us and take us on and and then the next minute, the Saturdays came out, and we were like, oh. Oh, no, yeah. That's the girl band, that's it. That's but it. Obviously, we could never have competed with that anyway, because there's the likes of, like, Rochelle, and they were in um, S Club, S Club Juniors. Juniors, yeah. And they were amazing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, then Saturdays happened. So I think when the Saturdays came out, we were kind of like, right, we need to stop chasing a stream, like, which was the Hard. hardest decision. And, you know... To, to come to terms with right? yeah it's the, the dream is done mm-hmm, like it's done mm-hmm. so then I came home I came home purely to just put my feet back on the ground and to you know reassess my life really um but I had full intentions of going back to London and going back to sort with my agent and you know start doing musical theatre start doing commercials or try and get into soaps or you know just get back into what I was trained to do um but then I ended up meeting my now husband uh-huh. and I never went back. Oh, amazing. No. So, fast so, forward. Fast forward. We, how did um, Performers UK come about? Where did that start? And obviously you've met Kevin. 
Um, so obviously you're you're in Inverness. How did performers come about for you? So when I came back to Inverness, I didn't really know what I wanted to do because Inverness doesn't have a wide variety of you know doing musical theatre or and kind of there was already some sort of stage schools up here that were doing their thing and obviously there's Eden Court that run classes. So I was kind of like. I thought that was a bit dead in the water really um so I actually started I did all my um uh, fitness training so I did yeah. all my level one level two you know personal training stuff because that kind of goes hand in hand as you know with yes that. yeah so I started doing that and then which led me on to Zumba then came out and, and that was huge when it came out and it was huge so I jumped on that wagon quite right yeah and um yeah, I did really, I did really well with Zumba, and it was great. And I did Zumba for seven years. That's amazing. And it was brilliant. Um, and then I started doing just a couple of teaching jobs here and there. I taught Eden Court. Um, I did some outreach programs. I started just doing a bit of teaching dance here and there, um, because I obviously I like well, unfortunately I cannot play an instrument. Like I can't. I wish I could play the piano. I wish so much that I could play the piano. Because I would love to teach singing, singing but yeah. I'm teaching it, I I just have to sing. Yeah, so yeah. I can't do it properly. So yeah, dance was obviously the, the obvious one to do. Um, so I did that, and through that kind of teaching in Inverness and doing different things, I met Victoria and Amanda, who are yeah. kind of business partners, as you know. Um, so yeah, and then we started doing things, and I th- do you know what? We weren't even friends. It was really weird. We were all doing a job together, and just started chatting and I said oh you know I'm thinking of I'd like to maybe open some sort of school or do shows I'd love yeah. to put on shows and they were like yeah we would love to do that and we, we thought okay so our first thing was that we were just going to put on shows and do some shows together but then within like a matter of like a month of us planning things it just ended up being a full-blown school I can imagine that I can so see that Working with you guys, I know that that is that like I can so see that happening. The yeah. smallest little idea just kind of like snowballs, and it becomes a full scale production, and we're ready. It was a full scale production, and we were like, "Well, just go hard or go home." Quite right. So you started off performance. I know you guys have told me this before. Your first day, how many how many kids did you have on your first day of performers? We had twenty three children on our first day. And how many did you have pre-COVID? 350. Insane. And how many years? Just over five, isn't it? Six. Six years. Six years in January, we just, we, we opened. Four, yeah, 2014. Yeah, six years. Amazing. I mean, like, that's like, for me, it's like somebody who owns a business as well and is kind of like, I, I familiarise with so much what, of what you guys go through and I get I get every issue that you go through and I get every up and I understand every down and to to have like you guys like for me to have you guys that are like three four five years ahead of me just to go I I watch it and I'm like no it's it's gonna be fine because that's where I'm going and if I continue to you know do what do what I'm doing I'll get there and it's nice to have another school you know, although you're in Inverness and it's a little bit far away, but it's nice to have a, a school to relate to and to, and to kind of sh- like 
I look to you guys for inspiration and I look to you guys for like a headway of like where where to go next if you know what I mean yeah. it's just nice yeah, absolutely I, I think you know it's I'm just so I'm, I'm so grateful that we find you <laughs> because I think and I said this to you before and I think it's really difficult when you've had like you know between the three of us as in Victoria Amanda the, the training that we've all gone through it's really difficult to find people especially up here yeah you know that have the same mentality as you and think the same way as you and have the same, you know, motivation and teaching sense that you do. It's really difficult um, and you just don't get it. Because but very few and far between to come by up here and this far up north. Totally. So it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's mad. And it's so funny when people say to me, oh, but you know, when you get other teachers in and I'm like, um, who? <laughs> Who am I going to get in? I know this. You are a one-man band, and I, you know, I totally feel for you. I think it's, I think it's incredible what you're doing and what you've done in such a short time. Yeah. Um, you, you should definitely be so proud of yourself. I mean, we all adore you. You know that. Oh. But we're like your biggest fans over in Inverness. Stop it! My own we little are. band club. <laughs> but we have to stop that. Um, but I mean, look what you've done in like. I mean, how long have you been? How long have you been running? Um, on my own. No, yeah. Three years I've been on my own. See, you've only been running three years, and you've already got a studio. Yeah. Like it's incredible. Like it's it's so so good. We, I mean, there's been so many times we've been trying to get studios and things, but obviously because we are not just a dance school, musical theatre school, we you know yourself, we have to have all these different rooms yeah. and spaces, so it's a lot difficult, but. Soon, I can't wait to see the building, which I'm so I'm so excited about, and I can't wait for a big a big opening of it as well. I know with social distancing rules in place. I know that's a huge eye roll. Sorry, you can't see that, everybody. <laughs> that was a huge eye roll at that. It's a nightmare, but you know what? It'll you you know you said this already. It'll be all worth it, and it'll be worth the wait, and it'll be fine. It's just. You know, we were so excited about opening this building and the, you know, the impact it was going to have on our business and on the kids and on everybody. And then the world shuts down. Yeah. Literally, the world shuts down. Yeah. It's mental. So, there's nothing we can do. No. But we've been busy. We've been busy in that building, so it's good and it's amazing. And I'm so proud of you know where we, as a three, where we've come because I think as well, you know. You're saying that you have, it's just you that does your mm -hmm. business. So you have complete control over your business. Yeah. And I think when I started my business with Victoria Amanda, um, everybody, like even we went to, to be, even my accountant, my accountant at the time said, oh my goodness, don't go in a partnership with people. Like that's dreadful. Like don't do that. It'll end in tears. Everybody will be wanting their money and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, I don't think they're like that. And you know, well, you've seen the three of us. Mm -hmm. We're like best. We're like You're like sisters. We just, we all know each other's kind of roles. If that makes sense. We all know yeah. where we stand and we just let the other person get on with it. I mean, probably mainly them to just let me get on with it when I'm having a strop or <laughs> I'm in a mood. They just let me have it. But so, yeah, that's why I think they're the best people because they put up with me. It's, it's amazing because I've got two girls that are on my side all the time and think like me and have the same 
dreams and thoughts as me. That's and amazing. That's so difficult, as you know, so yes. difficult to get. And you work so well together, and it's you can see that like the proofs in the pudding. Yeah. Totally. Do you know what I mean? For sure. Right. Last couple of things. One thing I would like to ask you is you have so much knowledge in how to be successful in this industry. You know what it takes to like, I think you're just a fountain of knowledge when it comes to knowing what to do and how to be successful in this industry, whatever path you choose to go down. What are your words of wisdom? I've probably got two things to say, words of wisdom. Um, the main thing, let's just go with the main thing. The main thing I would say is be yourself. Mm-hmm. Do not change for any reason. Yeah. Because as soon as you change or you start trying to please people or you, you lose yourself and it is very, very hard to pull yourself back and think, who am I? Yeah. Because if you are, are changing for different people all the time, you lose yourself and you, it, you, this industry, the industry that you want to go into can, you know, eat you up, chew you up and spit, and spit you, you back, back out before you even realise what's happened. Yeah. So as long as you know who you are and you stay true to that, I, I think that is the main thing. I think that's, I think that's so relevant in whatever whatever path you choose to go down, whether it's teaching or performing or whatever it is you decide to do, so many people are going to want to change you and are going to want you to fit their mould. Yeah. And for you to be someone that you're maybe not. And Absolutely. I think staying true to yourself is such is such a great piece of advice because it's so easy to lose yourself in this industry. And the reason I'm saying that is, is because I did change for people mm-hmm. I, I did try and okay that that's the route that they're going down okay I'm going to try and be like that and, but actually you spend so much time and effort trying to be somebody you're not that when you could just be working on who you are making yourself even better yeah yeah rather than you know being somebody you're not because it's exhausting yeah being somebody you're not is exhausting for sure for like, sure back, yeah back. And that actually, like, because I was going to say to you as well, if you could, like, if you could talk to your younger self, what would you say to her? Like, what would you say to Enrica that's just graduated Arts Edge? Like, what would your words of wisdom be to her? Literally, do not care what people say to you. Like, to a certain extent, obviously, if you are very, and a very unlikable character, <laughs> yeah, maybe listen to people. But, you know, don't let things get you down. Or, for instance, if you are in, in the middle of a situation that, you know, it's all revolved around you and everybody's talking about you or everybody's... It will pass and that moment will go and it'll be forgotten about. Like, don't dwell on it. Do not... You can't change things that have happened. Yep. You can't... Just don't dwell on it. Just, as I said, don't stress what people think of you, really, because you are who you are. And if people don't like you, then bye. Bye. <laughs> bye, babe. I love bye. that. Right, final thing. I've got a little quick fire round. Are you ready for this? Ooh, so I'm it's ready. just, it's like the first thing that comes to your head. Are you ready? Oh my goodness, it's just like rounded. Well, no, it's, it's all dance related. So, favourite style of dance? Um, commercial. Favourite feel good dance song? Oh, I want to dance with somebody. Hey. 
Uh, what was the last thing you listened to? Disney Descendants. Stop it. Constant, it's constantly on. What's your least favourite style of dance? Oh, that's a tricky one. It's not that I don't like it. I just, I just can't really do it. Like, to a certain extent, probably contemporary. Heels or feels? Mm. Feels. Favorite musical? Oh, this changes all the time for me. I, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go with my oldie favorite, which is West Side Story. I love that. Love it. High pony or low pony? High pony. Favourite Disney film? Aladdin, because I think I'm Jasmine. Uh, to twerk or not to twerk? Twerk, always. And what is your favourite quote? Everything happens for a reason. A hundred percent. You know, I just, I've got a little whiteboard in my, in the kitchen, in the studio. And, um... That is exactly what I wrote on it when lockdown happened. I was like, everything happens for a reason. This is meant I to happen. Swear by that. Mm -hmm. I swear by that quote. Well, thank you so much for talking to us today. Thank you for having me. Um, if you want to um, follow Enrica, you can find her um, Instagram. At, at Performers UK. At Performers UK. And they're on Facebook as well. And you can keep up with what performers are doing, watching Enrica teach, watching me teach. I'll be there um, doing my thing and Enrica's there doing her thing as well. Right, thank you so much and enjoy the rest of your evening. And you for having me. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the EJT podcast. Don't forget to hit the follow or subscribe button on your streaming platform because your support means the absolute world to me. Keep dancing and lots of love.